Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this day. Once again, O Lord, we have come to the time of meditation of from your word. I pray, Father, that you would speak to our hearts, O Lord. Cause us, O Lord Jesus, to walk in your ways. Teach us your ways. Show us your paths. Lead us into the way of everlasting life. Completely dependent upon you, O Lord. Anoint us, O Lord, to understand your ways, to receive your ways, to receive your word with meekness. And Lord, cause us in a, as in a desire, O Lord, a desire to change, to want to change. And Lord, a desire to please you and to walk with you. Help us, O Lord, help us this morning. Touch us, speak to our hearts. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. This morning, I was just wondering as to why I was so light. Uh, I forgot my my devices, you know. Um, the devices of the enemy and the devices of which I both are there. Um, so I'll just put them here uh, before I start. So, last Sunday, it was straight talk to men, um, and this Sunday, uh, it'll be more straight talk to men, <laughs> okay, because um, when pastor was teaching uh, from, um, I mean, last Sunday when I was, I was listening to it online, I was not there, um, here, and... Um, I was uh, listening to it, and one verse that just came to my mind uh, when I was thinking about it, First Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13, it's uh, in KJV, it's the King James Bible, it's powerful. This is what it says. It says, watch you, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. I mean, it's a powerful word. Quit you like men. I mean, uh, uh, just a minute, please. I just want to get my... Notes done here. It's why is it taking such a long time? So quit you like men. Be strong. No. So I was thinking about it. I was thinking about. Uh, I was one of the most convicting messages I've heard uh, in a long time. Uh, I mean, not in a long time, but this was clearly hard hitting. Coming home, really, really strong. Um, and uh, whenever you listen to the word of God, you know, when you see the standards that God requires from you, and when you look at your own life and how far you are from those standards, it has to be, it, you have to be brought to your knees. I mean, you, that's the reason why the last exhort, one of the last exhortations as to how should men live was one of the things that pastor was talking about was having a personal altar, a personal altar. See, that is something which you cannot neglect. Because in these days, the things are just going crazy. I mean, what we were in the last 10 years, in one decade, things have so radically changed. I was, I was, uh, I was, I was, I was uh, watching a documentary by, um, by, the, by one of the uh, publishers, the UK, United, I mean, English publishers from the United Kingdom, a documentary. It's not a conservative uh, channel. 
but it's more or less you know very neutral channel it it it, it puts forth puts forth arguments from both sides now they were doing a uh, doing a survey uh, in some places in canada as to how they're dealing with old people so there was this uh, old older woman uh, she is now in her late 70s i mean almost close to 80s she served the canadian army and uh, after she served, while she was serve, serving in the army she was uh, in one of the um, uh, the missions that uh, the army uh, deployed her in she lost her um, legs okay she was and she had to go through an amputation because she was really really hurt in her legs and she had to go through an amputation so she came back uh, but she was physically strong so what she did was so she did not you know uh, allow the misery to to overwhelm her so she went into uh, sports she participated in paramilitary uh, para olympics and she won gold medals for canada and she really really served the nation with all of her heart now she's come i mean and what has happened over a, over a period of time was the uh, even as she was uh, uh, in, in during this covid times her checks were getting late i mean uh, were getting delayed and uh, uh, she had to she has to keep on going to the office and say you know um, please release my checks and and the, there's a lot of red tape no and it was getting delayed more and more delayed and uh, finally she sent an email to the to the organization and she said you know what i'm 75 years old i've served the nation so 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 fantastically and uh, i'm expecting my checks to come and uh, it's not been coming now and it's really really i'm really struggling in my body to 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 you know to live i'm i'm really depressed please ensure that you send my checks on time and uh, you know what she got a, resp a, a response from her from uh, from the from the government uh, she said um, we are so sorry that uh, that uh, it's taking such a long time but if you have lost all your hope to live you have every right to take your own life and we will assist you we will assist you i mean it's shocking I mean this is a country which I was dreaming of immigrating to older people euthanasia I mean I mean we, we we'll give you madam you have the right to take your own life and we will assist you and she's saying you know what I served my nation I put my life on the line I brought laurels to my country in paralympics and this is what this is how you're going to treat me I mean, we're living in such incredible times, and euthanasia is now, by, by the way, legal in Canada. I mean, we're living in some extraordinary times, and what I feel is, honestly, the reason why we have we see so many problems in in uh, in, in in our land, uh, especially or not not in the West, of course, the Christian nations, is because men have lost the vision that God had given them. men it's men who have lost it i mean i i i take i take personal responsibility for it i'm not i'm not uh, it's not an indictment on any one of you but personally we as men have not been men it's unbelievable the things that, that are going on in the world and what has happened is we have become so desensitized to it the things that would bother us don't i mean at least uh, 10 years back don't bother us anymore what we would want our children not to see we are absolutely okay 
just so that they can just give us some time to be with our own selves. So we give them gadgets, we spoil them silly. We've come to that point and why? Because men have not become, have not been real men. They have not taken the rightful position. They've fallen from the call that God has for them. Miserably. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 15, we looked at last time, verse 15. Uh, and the Lord took the man. See, this is very interesting, okay? He didn't, uh, by this time, Eve, by, by this time, Eve, Eve is still not here. He took the man. And what did he do? He put him in the garden and he gave him two things to do. To tend it and to keep it. And, you, and if you, if you, uh, if you were there last Sunday, uh, pastor gave us a small tutorial on, on the Hebrew that was used over here. He, of course, he talked about truth and truth is in Hebrew. Emet, okay? And uh, the two things for uh, dress and keep. Remember? Yeah, homework. See, you don't remember. Fantafabulous, okay? So the, to dress it comes from the Hebrew, Hebrew word abad. Yeah? Abad. Remember? Okay, no. Okay, and then the second word to, to keep it comes from the Hebrew word shamar, to guard, okay? No, by the way, the Hebrew word Abad, I heard that word so many years back, okay? The Hebrew word Abad has got so many connotations. Okay? The word for, word Abad means to serve. Okay? The word Abad means also to be a servant, from which we also get the word Ebed. Ebed, you know, Ebed Melech, okay? Ebed Edom. So who's Ebed? Ebed also means a per- person who's a servant. The word Abad also means to give your ear, to give your ear, remember the guy who loves his master, uh, and he says, "Master, my master says, I'm, re- I'm releasing you. The year of jubilee has come. You can, you're free to go." But he says, "No, master, I love you so much. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. I want to become your bond servant." So, what does a what, what does a master do? He takes him to the door, takes the ear, and he pierces, takes the all, and pierces his ear through it, and he says, "You know what? Now you have become my servant for life." Okay. Voluntarily, voluntarily, that's how we get the word bond servant. So the Abba, the word Abba also means to become a bond servant. Okay, and how do you become bond servant? It is not bond servant and by compulsion, by bonds, but bond servant by voluntarily, willingly, willingly, you have offered yourself. And that's the reason why I, I, I like the word in, uh, in, in First Peter chapter 5. It's, it's very, very interesting. This is what it says in First Peter chapter 5, verse 2. Uh, this is to the elders, exhortation, exhortation to the elders. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but, how? Willingly. Not for dishonest gain. And the, the other translations, translations will use the word filthy lucre. <laughs> but eagerly. Okay, whenever an uh, elder is elder is appointed in a church and the exhortation to the eldership, deacons or or pastors or bishops or overseers, what does a bishop mean? The bishop means an overseer. We have we, we have completely changed the meaning for a bishop these days. Bishop means the one who's who's got oversight over a congregation. And how does he how how is he expected to serve? Voluntarily, not under compulsion. Okay, not for filthy lucre's sake. So he's supposed to be lovingly serving God. So when God created Adam, what did he say? Do two things. I put you in the garden. Be an abad, mean be a worshipper. 
Be my bond servant. Serve me willingly. Serve me with love. Be, I mean, let your work be an expression of worship. Let not your work be worshipped. But let your work be an expression of your worship. Because whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or work, what should you do? Do it all for the glory of God. Okay. So he says, worship. And then you be a person who guards your your, your flock. In, in other words, don't be passive. Be active. Don't be lazy in the, in the responsibilities that have been entrusted into your hands. Be a hard-working, active person and serve me willingly. And I'll tell you something. Honestly, if men work with this kind of a mindset, you will enjoy your work. You will enjoy. It will not be a burden. I was telling Sammy, you know what, when I was in university, I enjoyed and I never worked for money. I enjoyed what I was doing. I mean, it was not easy sometimes. It was tough. It was difficult in certain situations and circumstances. It was really tough, but I enjoyed it. (coughs) I enjoyed challenges. I enjoyed problem solving. I enjoyed it and I never did it for money. Money was never a motivation. My wife used to earn at least four times more than what I used to get. Never a problem. I said, and I used, I mean, I used to, this is always to convince myself, no? Not convince myself. This is always to, I mean, what I have, you don't have. Simple. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is something which, uh, which is, which you, which, you, which I cannot explain. The joy of problem solving. Okay. The high that you get when you do something, <laughs> when something moves, <laughs> even if it's on the computer, it's your baby. So that is something which, the reason why many of men, they don't enjoy it because they don't serve God through their work. It's not an expression of worship. Okay. So it's like a dreary exercise for them. That's a symbol of curse, by the way. So Adam was given this fantastic task of not being a hardworking person. And also, by the way, work is instituted by God. Okay. Work is instituted by God. Right. So, uh, women, if you, if you, I mean, whenever, whatever, seven men, women, one, one man, whatever it is, okay, that man, okay, that man, one of the attributes for, of that man, he should be a hard-working man, not a lazy bum. Don't marry a lazy fellow. You'll suffer for the rest of your life. He will not be a blessing. And you also don't be lazy. Okay. Two lazy people will be like two jogis. And what will happen when jogi jogi come? Buddha. Okay. So that is no, without translation. Okay. But you gave me Malayali, you know, so I will also give you some Telugu. <laughs> so in my, in my, in my school now, all, so many Malus are there. So if I have to make them understand, I ask them, how do you say this in Malayalam? Uh, you know, and then they say, this is what it is said, what it is there. And then I learn it and I tell him. Then I say, Mani Salayo, Mani Panparanyo, etc. Okay. Alright, so, uh, so, understand this. Enjoy. Don't, this is not for compulsion. I mean, you need to understand this is a very important thing. So what happened when Adam fell and he just lost the vision of God? He went far away from God. 
And what happens in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we know that, now this is recreation, this is what happens in new birth. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. As it is written, <clears throat> or so it is written, the first man, Adam, was a living soul or a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Now, the last Adam is Jesus Christ, of course. So, And after he was resurrected from the dead, he is no longer called the last Adam, he is called the... No, 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 not second Adam. Second man. And the last Adam. Okay. Second man, a man means he is a harbinger of a new race. Okay. Now, as long as we are in Christ, I mean, if any man, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. So who is this new creation? We are of the new kind of race, the second man race. No longer the Adam, Adamic race, we belong to the last man, so last Adam or the second man race. And what are we? We are people who have, we are not people who are primarily spiritual, soulish, we are primarily spiritual beings. Okay, so what happens? We are born again of the spirit. God has given us a new man inside of us, it's called the inner man, the man of the spirit. And then the inner man is covered with an outer shell. Who's that outer shell? Is a man of the soul, the soul, which was initially controlled by the old man, the fleshly nature. Now that soul now has to come, come, come increasingly under the, under the, uh, what do you say, control of the spirit, the spiritual man, which is there inside of us, so that the expression of the soul will be actually the intention of the spirit. Because ultimately what you express is expresses in, you, you, you express in your thoughts, you express in your will, you express in your emotions, you express in actions. And those actions should be an intention of the spirit and not of the soul. So the first man, Adam, was a man of the soul. He said, my way, okay, what I like, what I think, what I feel. But the second man is a person who is of the spirit and now he is joined to the Lord in the spirit because who is, who is born of the spirit is now joined to the Lord. Now because he is joined to the Lord, whatever he does, it should be an expression of the spirit. So, you know, in order for this man to come to really, really express himself, what should therefore happen is that his soul should be broken and should be, should come under the control of the spirit. Therefore, in John's gospel chapter 12, this is what Jesus tells the disciples. This is what he says. Let's see. John's gospel chapter 12 and verse number 23. <clears throat> Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain or fruit. So we have, we are all like a grain. Inside the grain is that, is that life. There's an outer shell. We can call that the, the soul. So what should happen? That soul has to die, meaning you no longer live for your own self. So that what is inside should be expressed. So it says, it goes on to say, this is what he says. I desire therefore, oh, sir, oh. where is that? Yeah, uh, therefore Jesus says, yeah. Uh, but if he dies, it produces. And therefore, Jesus, in the, in the next verse, Jesus says, you know what? Whoever loves his life will lose it. But whoever hates his life 
will gain it. And what is that life? Li- the word for life is, of course, suke. That is how man should live. Man should be a man of the spirit. And whatever he does should be an expression of the spirit. So, in the Bible, there are several exhortations for men. Several exhortations, particularly for men. So, I'm looking at one exhortation, I mean, one verse, which has a very important exhortation. I feel it's very it's related to how we as men should take our rightful position in the body of Christ and in the society and in our, in our homes and in our society. And there's a very, very important four exhortations. And I want to I look at those four exhortations because it's clear instructions, direct to men, four exhortations. And today's teaching will be on those four exhortations. Let's read from First Timothy chapter 2. First verse, it says, I desire therefore that men, okay, so when, he, when he's saying this is only for men, okay, because he says likewise, like men are also the women. So that's the clear instructions for men. This does not uh, apply to women, okay, this applies to men particularly. <clears throat> so keep uh, your mind open to this. This is what he says, I desire therefore that men should pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or anger and doubting, and like manner, also the women, should adorn themselves with modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, etc. So this is specifically for women, there is some exhortations, and there are men, there are some, some exhortations, and I'm looking at only men. Now this place, place everywhere means, uh, everywhere is the word everywhere means, he's talking about uh, in the church, a place of worship. Okay, uh, you'll see this verse in uh, this particular word everywhere in another place in First Corinthians chapter one. This is what it says in verse two: uh, the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place. This same word. Okay, and this every place, of course, the connotation is place of worship, place where people gather. So this is the house of God. This is a church. Now, what is he saying? Men everywhere, in every place of worship, every church, what should men be doing? What should they be doing? They should be praying. So let's read that. First, first Timothy chapter 2 verse 8 in the New Living Translation. In every place of worship, I want men. Now this is, you'll say, oh, Paul wants. Uh, whenever Paul says I want, it means Holy Spirit also wants, okay? Because this is inspired by the Holy Spirit, okay? This is I will or I want. This is what he says. I want men to pray. Lifting up holy hands to God. Free from anger and free from controversy. So four exhortations to men. This morning. Four exhortations to men. Exhortation number one. Men should be people of prayer. Okay, in every church. Second, men should be people who are pursuing holiness. Third, men should be people who have dealt with anger. Okay. How many of you men have issues with anger? Big time, right? And one of the normal default settings is that 
and uh, generally what is, what your what do your family say papa patient papa huh? no, right don't get angry you know my, my, my daughter is here so where is she abigelasta huh? huh? papa cool papa all right then fourth thing they should not be doubting they should be men of faith okay four exhortations first exhortation men should be prayerers if i have to use that word <laughs> men should be people who are pursuing holiness third they should have dealt with anger fourth they should have been people who have dealt with all that means they should have people with a stable mind firm mindset so we'll look at these four exhortations today that is today's sermon teaching meditation first thing men should be people who pray in all churches now one of the things that i've realized in my life you know i can sit and read the word study the word for long hours of time but one of the difficult things for me to do is to pray one struggle but you know what but every movement of god significant movement of god started with men who gave themselves to fasting and prayer uh we have yeah seen uh, what's his name johan no johan uh, of course now is he worships sometimes in times square church i went to times square church uh, in 2004 was there two sundays and i saw the man david wilkerson okay for two sundays i'm telling you what was that was an experience to come under his teaching and his ministry uh, all three uh, all three services i was there in the fir- on the first sunday and all, all three services on the second sunday also and every sunday i was only weeping okay it's powerful you know how his life started as ministry he was a preacher in he uh, was a pastor in pennsylvania of a pentecostal congregation and you know he was getting really stirred up because he was saying lord this is mediocre living lord i mean, i'm really really not satisfied with with my spiritual life and uh, he used to he was at one at that point of time this is his own personal testimony which is there on 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 social media everywhere in his in his website wait page he says you know what i used to get i used to watch a lot of television and watch a lot of movies and one day the lord rebuked me and he said you know what david if you don't stop what you're doing right now i'm just going to take your anointing and put you on the shelf and that's that really really struck him no moved him so what he did he said lord okay i'm sick and tired of this not, i'm not going anywhere so he told his wife for the next several months i don't know how long i'm going to go into the woods with my bible okay i'm not going to come for 5 hours doesn't matter who calls me don't disturb me so he went into the woods for days he used to pray pray and fasting and praying and reading his word fasting and praying and reading his word and he spent time and he spent time and he spent time with god in prayer and after several months now this is this is uh, this is he was he was still in pennsylvania this is his personal testimony okay he was uh, he came back to his uh, one day was in in the morning he was uh, the newspaper came home and he looked at the newspaper and he saw in the newspaper a few teenage boys who were being brought to trial 
in New York City who were involved in gang wars. He looked at those faces and he was moved. Suddenly, he, he literally experienced the burden of God in his heart. Went to New York City. And in the process, he met Nicky Cruz. And you know the story. The rest is history, literally. And you know how it started? It started with this man shutting himself with God in prayer. And I, I, I'm telling you something. Every significant moment of every man who's been used of God mightily, especially if you look at if you look at the exodus from Babylon to Jerusalem, starts with men who gave themselves to prayer. Daniel, it says in Daniel chapter 9, he understood by books that after 70 years of captivity in Babylon, that the, that the Jews will go back to Jerusalem and build the temple. And 70 years are, years are over and it seems that nothing is, nothing is happening. So what does he do? He gives himself to fasting and prayer. It starts with that. And the moment, the exodus, if you will, from Babylon to Jerusalem, starts off with one young man who decides, or not, now he's not, no longer young, of course, who says, you know what, Lord? Nothing is happening, Lord. Please, Lord, do something. And then I go for, and if you look at Nehemiah, people come from Jerusalem, and they tell him about the situation in Jerusalem. By, by this time, be, Jews have already come back. They've already built the temple. And you know what? The temple is still not fortified. You know why the walls are down? And it says, you know, they are in great reproach. Hanani says, the, the Jews, my brothers are in great reproach. And when Nehemiah, the cupbearer, he's, he's reached the highest point in his life, in his career. And he's burdened in his heart. And he goes off for a time of fasting and prayer. And you know how many days he prays? 100 days. Now think about it. Today is 20. I, I was calculating in the morning. Today is 24th. Including today, we have 7 days left in September. 31 days, October, 31 days, November. Sorry, December. 62 plus 7, 69. 30 days, November. How many days? Totally? 99 days are there. 99 days. Think about it. You go for a, as on a, on, a, on a regular time of fasting and prayer every day for 99 days. Every day you take one meal off. I'm talking to men. I'm talking, I'm talking to men. Are you really serious to be men of God? Will you say, Lord, I am not satisfied with my life. I am not satisfied where, where I've come in my career. I, I see the, the mess that is going on in, in people's lives. The walls have fallen down. There's a reproach to God's people. Lord, do something about it. Take my life. I'm here, Lord, available to you. And you know what the Lord told me? Vijay, I'm not a respecter of persons. You pray like that, like Nehemiah. I will do something with your life. I'm, if you are truly burdened and you say, Lord, I'm sick and tired with this defeated life. I'm defeated by sin. I'm defeated by lust. I'm defeated by pornography. I'm defeated by wasting my time. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. 
what you are what you are asking of me what you what you require of me and what my current situation is there is absolutely so much of a gap lord do something and you give yourself to fasting and prayer the lord who visited nehemiah will not visit you what do you say according to your faith let it be done unto you the problem is are you interested mm mm-hmm. It says in Hebrews chapter 5, how Jesus prayed, who in the days of his flesh, this is in secret life, okay, how loud cries and tears. Think, take this as a challenge. I'm talking to men, my brothers, you know, in, in, my, in, my, in my teachings most of the time, I address to brothers, my dear brothers, always listen to myself, my dear brothers, yeah, it's true. Brothers, honestly. Every movement of God starts when men came together and started praying. You know why prayer is so important? Because we men, we like to rely on our own strength a lot. We look for resources within our own self. But you know what? God has to bring us to a point wherein all your ideas, all your influence, nothing is going to change until and unless God moves. And therefore, what Nehemiah prays, Lord, grant me favor with this man. Grant me favor with this man. Grant me favor with this man. I am the king's cup bearer. Yes, I am in a position of influence. But unless and until you grant me favor, I will not be able to speak to him. And one day, after 100 days of prayer, you know what it says? The king looked at him and said, why is your countenance so fallen, Baba? This is definitely sorrowness of heart. Sorrow of heart. You know what what it says? Immediately he shoots a prayer to heaven. By this time, you know what? That relationship has been forged between Nehemiah and God. That, That relationship immediately, Lord, he shoots a prayer to God, immediately gets an answer from God and you know, one of the most famous sermons of uh, David Wilkerson, one of the most famous sermons of David Wilkerson, if you look at sermonindex.net, you know what is the famous, most, one of his most famous, his classic call to anguish. I don't know if you've heard it. Call to anguish. A man who was key, really prayed. And this is one of the things that you, we as men have to start doing it over and over again. And if you can't start, like you know, if you can't pray for hours, start with 15 minutes. <laughs> fasting is not very difficult for me nowadays. So I've practiced over a period of time. Okay. Fasting is not difficult. Fasting and reading the word is not difficult. Fasting and praying is difficult. So fasting and praying is difficult. But fast and pray. Ezra chapter 8, every, if you look at the movement of Babylon, if you see individuals who have been used of God, look at what it says in Ezra chapter 8. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. Why? Because he was ashamed. He told, you know, our God is going to help him help us. So he was ashamed to ask help from the king. So he prayed and fasted. Man given to prayer and fasting. And you'll see the movement from Babylon to Jerusalem. One of the things that you'll see is characterized by men who gave themselves to fasting and to prayer. The question is, brothers, 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 do you have the capacity inside of you 
to at least quit one meal a day regularly. Or as they say in Telangana, Agam Agam Ipotalegunde. Agam Agam Ipindinen. Start with one day. Then start with one meal, start with two, then, then go to two meals and go for cold turkey full. Cold turkey. And seek the face of God. Because you know what? There's an exhortation to men. Men everywhere, in all churches, men means in every church, should be people of prayer. Not primarily people of the word. But people of prayer. First Chronicles chapter 4. You know this, whom am I talking about? Anybody? See? So much of word has gone, still you don't remember. Okay. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers and his mother called his name Jabez. Because I bore him in pain, he causes me pain. And poor man, Jabez did not have a father like uh, Jacob to change his name from pain to blessing. So where did he go? To the highest court. My mother called me pain. Lord, please Lord, bless me Lord. Enlarge my territory. Do you ask God these kinds of prayers? Enlarge my territory. No, no, no Lord. I am satisfied with where I am. For one thing, one of the things I don't like is satisfying satisfaction with where I am. See, 30 fold, 60 fold, 100 fold. But what is God's intention? 100. That's what I told my, tell my children, no? Don't be satisfied with I. You know, uncle, uncle, how many marks I got? Don't tell me your marks unless it is 100. Uncle, you are too much. You could see, God's intention is also like that only. Some 30, some 60, some 100. That is what Matthew said and Mark said. But Luke, doctor, no. He said, 100. You see, 100. That's God's intention for everybody. 100 fold blessing. Isaac, in the land of famine, he sowed and he reaped a harvest. Excuse me. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Are you not saying with conviction, Baba? Say, hundredfold. And we, brothers, according to, just like Isaac, are the seed according to what? Promise. Are you uncle, hundred? No, no. I mean, if people just already give up, no? At least you try, no? Try, 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 try. I tell I, I tell children, why, why do you give up even before you tried it? I'm like one uh, question bank to my children. Answer bank, not question bank. Answer bank. Ah, uh, I'm not getting it, Papa. Tell me. Try. Try, try. Fail. We live in the time of solution manual. No? Chat GPT will give us everything now. How to write code also it will give you. Write a MATLAB code as to how to transfer file from this place to this place. Steps. Our days, you have to go to the manuals. You have to search the manuals. You have to use Google. <laughs> no longer Google anymore. You're living in solution manual generation, no? I used to. We have an old professor at IUMST. His name is P R K Rao. So whenever we used to go and ask him, sir, I'm trying this problem a lot, sir. I'm not able to get it, sir. What is this? How do I solve it? He says, I'll give you a very simple solution. In triplet is a banyan tree. 
Yeah, there's a banyan tree. Okay, there are two banyan trees in Triplati. Go under the banyan tree and meditate, he says. And, but I am not going to give you the solution. I'll tell you something, you know. There is a joy in trying. The process itself will give you pleasure later on. My student is she's understanding, no? The process itself. I remember, you know, when I was, when I was in Montreal, we, we had one assignment which was given to our, by one of our professors. Tough assignment. So, I, I looked at the problem. I'm not getting it. So, I just memorized the problem and I, and I went to the church. There was a church over there. Not, not church, meaning a Catholic church. It's a beautiful place, huge garden. Turned, rotated, rotated, rotated. Like this, literally. Not rotated means just, just spend time and thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. Suddenly it clicked. And just go back and then solve it. My goodness, the joy. Try. No, this is in your own strength. You know what God says? You know what? I will be there with you. And I will struggle along with you. He's not going to make it easy, by the way. He's not going to make it easy. But in all your struggles, he's with you. He will give you the strength. But try. So look, look at Jabez's prayer. Lord, bless me, Lord. Enlarge my territory, Lord. Let your hand be with me, Lord. Please keep me from evil, Lord. And let me not cause anybody any pain. Pain. The word is actually harm is again cause pain. Because my mother said, this fellow is the reason for all my pain. But Lord, no Lord. Something, and my life has to matter, Lord. But I can't reverse this curse. But you on the cross became a curse for me. And I'm being transformed. And I proclaim that every day over my, over, over my ch- uh, children every day in the, in the night. This is what we say, the Derek Prince prayer, no? Through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have passed from under the curse and into the blessing of Abraham, whom the Lord blessed in. How many things? All things. Thank you. Yeah, all things. That is our prayer every, every, every night. Through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have passed from under the curse and into the blessing of Abraham, whom the Lord blessed in. How many things? All things. Speak that out. If you're a man, speak that out over your children, over your house, over your, over your, over your wife, over your children, over your own life. Men should be men of prayer. My life has to matter a lot. Otherwise, what is the use of me? I mean, like Pastor was saying, no? When you're children, you're a burden. And next stage is you're not a burden. Third stage, you should become a blessing. When will we be blessing? When we become men. And when we become men of prayer. And I want to be a blessing, Lord. Men of prayer. Acts chapter 13. This is what it says. Acts chapter 13. You know how the explosion in the Gentile church happened? Of the Gentile churches happened? How the explosion of Gentile churches happened? Acts chapter 13. 13. This is what it says. Now the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. What is common between all of them? They were all Excuse me. Thank you. Thank you so much. See, women are able to tell the answer, Baba. They were all men. They were all men. I'm telling you honestly, leadership is for men. Spiritual headship and leadership is for men. Don't shirk from it. 
So all men, they came together. I'll tell you something now. You know when we were started, when we started off as a church, so many of us had a desire to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and we wanted to speak in tongues. So we were actually, you know, seeking and then, you know, one, one Sunday, pastor said, next Sunday, that is, that's only next Saturday, fasting and prayer. We used to have fasting and prayer second Saturday those days because we still didn't start pastor's conference. <coughs> next Saturday, fasting and prayer, God is going to visit us and many of you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you'll speak in tongues. You know what? By that time, I was so desperate. You know, I used to see my my brother in the left and the sister in the right. Everybody speaking in tongues is not coming to me, and I would say, "Lord, this is something I'm not going to miss with anything." I mean, with all of my heart, I was like preparing myself and asking Pastor, Pastor, how should I come, Pastor? Should I fast and come, Pastor? What should I do? Vijay, just come. He said, "Just just be there. That is that is most important than anything else." You know how the first church was baptized? When they came together and what did they do? Pray. You know, and those days, you know, pastors to give us an exhortation. He said, if you want to be used in the church in any ministry, if you do not come for fasting and prayer, the Lord says, I'm not going to use you. Okay. And so we were very serious. No, we used to like, look, I mean, I don't know if you guys are serious anymore, but you know, those days we were like, oh, we wanted that gift. So, Come Saturday, expectancy, and we had a lot. Of, we had the upper room those days, and we were all praying, and the Lord visited us, and many of us got the gift. But several men, after so many exhortations, they did not come for the meeting. And Pastor recorded all of our, you know. Actions, at that time when you started speaking in tongues, my goodness, it was two, three syllables. I was going crazy only and I had one friend of my of mine called Ajay. He already got baptized in the Holy Spirit before. So after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I called him and I said, Ajay. He said, hi Vijay, how are you doing? And he said, oh Vijay, you got it. You got it. <laughs> you see, you got it. <laughs> he said, wow oh, Vijay, Vijay. I'm also, I was also like you, full excited. You know, and he said, wow. And then, and this brother, and you know, pastor recorded all that and he showed it to that brother who missed the church. I'm telling him, I could see, you know what? He broke down with tears in his eyes. I missed this opportunity. I missed this opportunity. I'm telling you, my dear brothers and sisters, after several months, he left the church. It's gone. And I'll tell you something. That guy, the reason for him to fall away was his wife. I'm not going to name names. He was weeping. I said, Pastor, I missed this opportunity. I did not come. Even though it was a possibility for me to come, I did not come. I'll tell you something. Seven men, or six or seven men, started praying and fasting. It says, they were ministering to the Lord. And, so how do you minister to the Lord? You know something, when you, when you fast and set time apart for God, what are you doing? You're ministering unto the Lord. Do you know that, my dear brothers? The Lord ministers unto us, but you ministering to God? 
You know, the other day my dad was in the, he's in the hospital and he said, Vijay, for the first time I was without food for 36 hours and I knew that it was not easy. I know what fasting is. I'll tell you something, you will not, you'll not know the joy of fasting and prayer unless you fast and pray. Simple, no? (laughs) Simple. I'll tell you, some people miss their opportunities, miss their callings. Look at what it says. And they minister, Lord, and the Holy Spirit said, how did the Holy Spirit say? There came a word of knowledge on somebody. And it says, now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the which, for the work to which I've already, oh, they've already been called. And I'll tell you something, many of you have already been called for a specific calling, but unless and until you give yourself to fasting and prayer, that calling will not be realized. You will go in this rut, like the children of Israel, 38 years in the wilderness. Complaining, murmuring, complaining, murmuring. But you feel like Nehemiah. If you go down on your knees and say, Lord, 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 100 days, Lord. This year, 100 days, Lord. I'm going to make a commitment, Lord. I'm going to make a covenant with you, Lord. I'm going to leave one meal a day. And I'm going to seek your face, Lord. Because men should be men of prayer. But Lord, and then how you put a burden on Nehemiah and called him into the ministry and used him for the glory of God. Lord, I'm available here, Lord. How many of you men are available this morning? Show me your hands this morning without shame. Men, men, men. Men should be men of prayer. Everywhere. Don't be passive. Don't be lazy. Don't let condemnation and past failure cripple you. You know, this is what I tell my Lord. Tell, tell my God, okay? My God. I don't know if it's he's your same God. Whenever I fail, whenever I sin, I say, Lord, I sinned. I do not know how you are going to deal me because of this sin. But one thing I have done. I've already made up my decision. I have nowhere else to go other than you. See, going back into the world is not an option for me. Quitting this job and going somewhere else is not an option for me. Anyada sharanam nasti tvameva sharanam. I mean, I've come to you. No, this is not an option. I burnt all my bridges. That is how the outer man is broken. In fasting. You go on a fast, intense fast. You know how you will see how strong your flesh is. How it craves for food. My goodness, one of the things that are so difficult for me to give up is sweet. Especially Bundila do. I mean, yesterday also. Yesterday I went on Swiggy. I mean, uh, my wife is looking at me like, <laughs> I said, maybe Bundila to 250 grams. Bundila to, I don't know why. And that day, pastor tell me, somebody gave me Bundila to Vijay. And I was, I was sick, by the way. And that day I was actually, I came to office, I was feeling so sick, but I just slept on the floor in the office, the front room, the door was open, he came and he put a nice packet on the, on the, on the, on the desk there. And he left and I got up and I looked at that desk. Oh, Elaichi Bundi Laddu. Pure ghee. Neti Laddu. How many did I take home? Zero. 
how many I ate? All. Actually, I took home, but I ate all. <laughs> then I was so guilty about it, and I was like, Lord, what is this? Then I go to Avinash's home for Bible study. Bible study is over. And one snack comes to my table. Three bundi lotus. I said, Lord, Lord, what is this? I'm testing you. Bundi laddu. And I look at auntie. Auntie. Vaddu auntie. Okkati tiri beta. Okkati. It is not going to happen. The sweet tooth. The craving for sweet. I mean, I, I think it's like... Uh, Brown sugar and white sugar, I think white sugar is more addictive, I don't know. My goodness. Even in our, in our home, there was one compulsory question called, after meal, eat a sweet. So all itakotas are given to that. Huh? So even if you don't have sweet, you know what we'll do? We'll take jam and bread, put the jam and eat that sweet. Then we are satisfied. See, you give... Then you'll know what your addictions are. Your cravings. That's what the Lord told Derek Prince. You know? He said, you know, you are a guy who is addicted to chocolate. You eat chocolate like this. You will die of diabetes very soon. You see, we are cra- we, we, we need, we need, unless we go through that period of fasting, we do not know our weaknesses. The, and fasting does that. It shows all your irritations and cravings. All the irritations come out. You know that? When you go home, your day, the whole day you fasted and your wife does not prepare the meal that you want her to prepare, you know what happens? Immediately you're so upset. Righteous anger comes. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Look, man, no hands, okay? I didn't say that. Okay, <laughs> okay you see? Suddenly you say, what? When my wife said, please don't fast. When you are fasting, you are worse. You see, um, let, let me tell you something. Honestly, think about it. 99 days. 99 days, 2023. Repent, revive, resist. And the purpose of God standing before you. What are men going to do? Is a question. Comadilla question. No pause. What is, what is your answer going to be? See, unless and until you make a decision to do it, nothing is going to happen. See, the fasting was not instituted by man. Men didn't, suddenly did not decide to fast because men will never fast. <laughs> this is our God. God said, Moses, come. I have to give you the law. Moses just went without any preparation. No, I mean, preparation means he thought, okay, maybe he's going to give me 10 commandments. How, how, how long does it take to write, write down 10 commandments? Tell me. Tell me. 10 commandments. How long? Few minutes. I'll write and come down. I'm an engineer. Oh, I mean, I'm engineer meaning uh, I've been in all the, uh, what is that, wisdom of the Egyptians. I know how to build everything. Everything I know. No problem at all. For the 10 commandments, how many days? 40 days and 40 nights. Who decided the fast? And you are not going to, not even going to drink water, by the way. And first seven days, do nothing. Just be there. Be there. 
Think about it. For men to do nothing for seven days. I mean, especially for me. It's crazy. It will drive you nuts. I was ill for several of two, three days. After three days, I was so frustrated. I said, I'm getting out of this house. I don't care about this cough and pastor said, you have to love your brothers. Don't give it to others. <laughs> okay, so, but you know, but still, you know, like you can't. For men to wait for seven days. Come up to the mountain and be there. Starts with fasting and prayer. Every movement of God started when individual men came together. Decided to fast and seek the face of God. And after that, miracles, miracles after miracles. The hand of God came upon them. And notwithstanding all the opposition, because they prepared themselves with fasting and prayer, they were able to finish the task that God entrusted into their hands. Their personal journey, as well as the journey that God had decided for them. Alright, first, fasting and prayer. So men should say everybody, so how do you write it for yourself? I should pray. That's it. Finished. <laughs> I should be a man of prayer. Start with five, five minutes, ten minutes, increase it fifteen minutes and if you're not able to speak, uh, pray with understanding anymore, ask God for the heavenly gift of speaking in tongues and blessed is a man and a woman who has it. Use it. And those who don't have it, don't criticize men who have it. I mean, this is the greatest anomaly in the churches. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than any one of you. And therefore, he had the authority and the knowledge to criticize the Corinthian church for abuse of spiritual gifts. Am I right? You don't speak in one syllable in tongue. But you will criticize people who speak in tongues. What are you doing? Okay, so be prayer. Men of prayer. Okay, men of prayer. Second, there should be, I should be pursuing holiness. Everybody say that. Say that without shame. I should be pursuing holiness. Seriously. There should be an increased awareness of the impurities in your own flesh. And the desire to live a holy and a pure life. Yeah, men should be pursuing holiness. Alright, so what should be they doing? They should be praying everywhere. How should they be praying? Lifting up holy hands, okay? Now, what do hands signify? Your work, okay? Adam was called to work, okay? Abad, service, right? Uh, hands signify your service. But those hands should be what kind of hands? Holy hands, meaning this, your service should come from your heart from a holy ambition not ambition or holy intention a pure intention your intention should be pure your motives should be pure and you should be a man who's been set apart completely for the purposes of god holy hands means these hands have been sanctified and been set apart for god and as we write in english in our checkbooks Two, two, two lakhs fifty thousand only. Oh, okay. So these hands and this life is been set apart for God only. Only. 
There should be, in other words, my life, there should be, there, there are two things in holiness, okay? Set apart for God and also clean and holiness goes together, go together. Cleansing yourself and holiness, holy living go together. Psalm 141, this is what it says. Psalm 141, prayer of David, powerful prayer. This is what it says. Lord, I cry out to you. Make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. <coughs> Let my prayer be said before you as incense. Now look at the next one. And the lifting up of my hands as a evening sacrifice. Meaning my prayer, meaning let it be acceptable to you. And my hands which signify my work, let it be pleasing in your sight. And then it goes on to say, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity. You see that? I don't want to give myself to practicing iniquity. Along with men who... See, work iniquity. I want to be in a, in a, in a company of saints. And do not let me eat of their... Ah, I like this word. Let me not eat their delicious stuff. Let the righteous strike me. <clears throat> it should be kindness. And let them rebuke me. It shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. Point here. Holy living. You know how holy living starts? I was asking myself this question. How do I grow in my life of holiness and purity? Holiness and purity does it's just, it's, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness. I mean, these are all big, big commandments. Okay. No, holiness actually starts with the little commandments. How does it start? With little commandments, with small commandments. I'll give you an example. Daniel purposed in his heart that he will not. Defile meaning, I will set myself apart for God. How did he do it? Let's see. Daniel chapter 1, verse 5. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's... What is that? What is that? What is that? Delicacies. Delicacies. Delicious food, in other words. Okay? And the wine which he drank. And three years of training for them. So that at the end of time, they might serve before the king. Food, drink, and training. Body, food for the body, training for the mind, and ultimately you have to serve the king. Similarly, God also has something for us also. But Daniel said something. King's delicacies, I don't know. In Leviticus chapter 18, very simply, simply it is said that anything which is of, which is, which has blood in it, I should, we should not eat because life is in the blood. I have given blood for the atonement of sins. So don't eat anything with blood. I do not know what the Babylon culture is. In many of the Babylon pagan cultures, they mix blood also with the food that they eat. I mean, I'm telling you honestly, in many of the places you eat steak in North America, they don't drain the blood completely, by the way. Do you know that? There is still blood. That is the reason why it's juicy. Okay. So he said, oh, I do not know. Leviticus 18 says that 
and maybe you know I, I, I like I like Zach Monan even he says you know maybe a lot of people in 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 uh, in, uh, in his, his contemporaries right his contemporaries in Babylon would have said Daniel come on Ray these are small commandments big commandments is now you shall not commit adultery is he asking you to commit adultery no no he's asking you to do this no no come on it's a small thing you know what Daniel said sorry the way I keep myself holy is when I obey the little commands. Men, how you keep yourself holy? When you obey the small commands. Now, what is small command? For example, you as the head of the home should not be the cause for your children and your family to come late to church. That's a small command. Small command. And sometimes, in love, you can teach a lesson to your, to your family also. If they are causing you to get delayed over a period of time, leave without them and book a cab for them. They will get the lesson. After a while, if you become the cause for a delay, they will start instructing you. Is that a small command or a major big command? Answer? Small command. We are not saying it to conviction. That's the problem. Keep the Sabbath. Ah! So holiness comes with making that time set apart for God as the highest priority in your life. Think about it. You know, this is a practice. So Daniel said, you know what? Delicacies. First is food. Second is what? What is that? Drink. I mean, drink also. This is, of course, we know Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. And we know this verse very well. Why drink, Baba? Why drink wine? Why wine? I think... Daniel was one guy who said, I don't even want to taste anything which is not kosher. I don't want to taste it. Because ultimately, I'll be playing with snakes. And whenever snake bites you, what is going to happen to you? You will die. Why are we afraid of snakes? What, 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 what is the one concern that it will do to us? It will bite me. It will strike me with its fangs and it will send venom into my, into my body and I will die of whatever. Apparently, the most uh, venomous snake is the black mamba and the taipan, T-A-I-P-A-N, right? The, it's, it's, it's found in Australia. One bite within two minutes you will die if you are not administered anti-venom. A king cobra has got sufficient venom to kill 20 elephants. Okay. Now, whenever you are playing with all these, especially wine, all these pleasures, all these vices, don't even go near it. Don't even taste it. Because ultimately, what is it going to do? I didn't say that. Proverbs chapter 23. Who has woe? 
who has sorrow who has contentions who has complaints who has wounds without a cause who has redness of eyes you want the answers to these questions <laughs> solomon gives you the answer those who linger long at the wine those who go in search of mixed wine and proverbs chapter 23 goes on to say do not look on the wine when it is red when it sparkles in the cup when it swirls around smoothly you know how he is describing sin <laughs> it seems so beautiful for you the redness of the wine the smell of the wine the smell of whatever it is at the last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper you know vipers primal family of vipers in in, in north america you have the, what viper is called the 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 rattlesnake it rattles okay rattlesnakes poison very poisonous in india russell's viper okay king cobra russell's viper bite gone i mean if you don't if you are not administered by antivenom case closed hmm think about wine like that have anybody see uh, these days now one of the things that I'm, i look at you no know, people who really i want to overcome this fear of reptiles okay some lot of watching a lot of youtube videos and how they milk snakes those fellows they just catch the snake like that and they bring out the fangs and the fangs come out the two fangs are like this and they press that thing that that gland and they collect the venom in the bottle and from that they make anti venom and painkillers and so many other uh, other medicines i keep looking at that and i just look at this guys how nicely they catch the snake but they are very careful and they they put that thing into that uh, into that thing and extract the i'm looking at that and i said boy and then he says this venom 10 ml of this will kill you and god says same thing with any vice it seems very 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 tasty but it'll kill you my parents when we were growing growing up no they told us vijay if you smell drug you will die that's how they scared me and then they used to take shows pictures of these fellows who were like this in the icu no <laughs> and and my mother and my mother's i mean my father right in the newspaper it came in the newspaper he said vijay look at this look at this okay look at this this is the end result of a guy who tasted tasted gone gone so from that time onwards far far from it no we we did it because we were scared no there are other vices which we did not warn us about actually something every vice starts with an invitation we'll come to that later on okay proverbs chapter 31 proverbs chapter 31 how many of you know proverbs chapter 31 is written by whom what's his name yeah yeah arundhati lemuel kya baat hai the proverb of king lemuel the sayings of king lemuel this is the niv you know what the word lemuel means set apart for god that's what it means lemuel means lemo lemo means for god lemo lemoel means set apart for god he the one who belongs to god he is the one who is h o l y say say that everybody holy sanctified so that means you and i okay the sayings of king lemuel an inspired utterance or a prophecy his mother taught him kya baat hai 
in, in other words, prophecies can be taught. And who's instrumental here? Okay, I, we don't know who who Lemuel is. Many connotations. It's, it's, they say it's uh, King Solomon, and some people say it's Hezekiah. But whoever it is, this is what the teaching is. Get the teaching. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son. The answer to my prayers. No, this is this is a woman. This is a mother who has been praying and praying and praying and praying for a for a for a for a godly son. Just one, not for any any son. For a godly son, it's, it's like Lemuel and Samuel go together, no? Lemuel, Samuel means what? The one whom God hears. Or rather, the one who always hears God. And he said, Lord, Hannah said, Lord, if you give me a son. Okay? You pray for a son for Samuel, okay? First Samuel is on the way, okay? <laughs> if you give me a son, and he's going to be set apart for you. So this is how she prayed. Set apart for God. Then you know what she says, the exhortation. Do not spend your strength, wealth, your energy. What do young people have? Full energy. Very difficult, no? See, young people playing football and you and I playing football is different. Especially, for example, let's say Samir and I will go and play football with young people. What will happen? We will full josh, we will, because the adrenaline is there at that moment, we will play. After a while, ama. <laughs> We'll go home and we'll ask my our wives to do massage. Please press my leg. No, press my leg. Press my leg. Press my leg. Recovery process is very, very long. Okay. But young people, they'll play. They'll go home. They'll sleep. The next day, back to play. For us, the recovery after a long basketball game, if at, if at all I play basketball now today, gone. So, young people, you have a lot of energy and you have less recovery time. Okay, so you have a lot of energy. I'll tell you something, you are all atom bombs, basically. But you are using that energy in stupid things. Absolute, worthless, useless things. I'm talking about young brothers. Do not spend your strength on who? Women. I mean, ironical, no? If it is for Solomon, that fellow did not listen to this. 700, I mean, 600 wives, 300 concubines, 900 women. Still he had a lot of energy. Until he got old, by the way. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for rulers to crave for what? Beer. You drink. Initially, we'll come to that drinking, how that starts later, but not for rulers to drink wine. Lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. In other words, you lose your sobriety. You lose a sense of judgment. Who is taking away your strength? Women and wine. WW. And the last W is wealth. WWW. Wealth, women, wine. World Wide Web. It is a web that has been cast all around the world to trap men, my dear brothers. I'll tell you something. It is to trap men. Because if the men are touched, and if they make a decision to live holy lives, the entire society is going to change. To trap men. 
you lose it. And what do young people suffer? I'll tell you something. If your grades have gone down, there is a girl. In the equation, for sure. What are you? 90% till intermediate. Engineering, first year, first semester, barely passed with 6%, 60%. What happened, Ray? Girl has come into the equation. I'm telling you, honestly, this is a story of so many boys. Now, what, where are they spending their energy? Baby, I love you. Baby, I love you. Baby, I love you. Baby, I love you. I can't live without you. You are my everything. You are my all in all. And that girl is like Rachel. I'm not, I mean, Rachel meaning, this girl is not interested in God at all. She knows that you have been trapped. What is it? Seven years because of the love for Rachel is like a few days. But what is this testimony? Night, I did not have sleep. Day, I did not get, I was working hard. Night and day, I worked for this woman. 20 years of his life gone. Why? Because one girl came into the equation. I'm telling you, 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 you see your, I'll give, give me your marks, no? Give me your marks if you have the, uh, if you have the courage to give me my love, give me your marks. I'll tell you, oh, ho, 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 suddenly dip is there, ah, here, love, love, but I will, I will not, I don't have to prophesy. I have got so much of data. I, I have, I have a chat GPT on me. I can see immediately tell somebody has come into the equation and has diverted your, you diverted your attention. Boys. Boys, boys, boys. Don't waste your life on stupid things. And I'll tell you something. Every wise will start with an invitation. What did I say? With an invitation. I'll see, by the way, God is so fantastic, no? He will already warn you beforehand what is going to happen. Before that invitation comes, he will say that there will be an invitation. Be careful. I, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this. I'm, let me show you from scripture, okay? Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. Observe what I command you this day. Brothers. Brothers. Observe. Okay. Behold, I'm driving out from before you the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hevite, and the Jebusite. Take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst, but you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, cut down their wooden images. Goes on. For you shall worship no other god, etc. For I am a jealous god, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they play the harlot with their gods, and make sacrifices to their gods, and one of them... Huh, Invites you. See, the, the word invitation is already there. Where is this being uh, given in Exodus chapter 34? After Exodus comes what? Leviticus and Numbers. Now let us see Numbers, what happens. In Numbers chapter 25. What is this Numbers chapter 25? This is Phineas's episode. This is after Balaam has come and given a fantastic idea to Balak as to how to trap the Israeli men. Israeli men! Numbers chapter 25. Now, Israel remained in Acacia grove when the people began to commit harlotry when the woman, with the woman of Ahab, they invited the people. Invitation is going to come. 
So what happens? Before you go to college, your mother and father will instruct you. Son, you are going to get an invitation very soon. Come to this party. Come to this party, party. I'll tell you something. The doors for pornography were opened because an invitation has come. I'm not joking. Invitation. In hostels, there will be an invitation. Are brothers, not brothers, of course. No, they don't call us brothers. No. Friends, countrymen, etc. There is going to be a screening today. In my room. Everybody is invited. You see, Later on you become an addict. Later on you can't live without it. But it starts with an invitation. Now those invitations comes on your WhatsApp. We invite you. We invite you to become a member of this club. Invitation. Be careful about invitations. No, no, no. Of course, some openly people are coming into your offices and they're inviting you to their, to their, to their clubs, to their fraternities. Come to our fraternity. You know something? I'm talking about the top schools in the, in North America. The very first year, the children who enter into the freshman year of college are given an invitation to join the secret society. You know that? Do you know that already? It happens in many top universities in North America. Invitation. My brothers and sisters, don't take these things lightly. Don't take this lightly. So what happened? They went. So what do you do? I want to be a vessel of honor. I want to... Preserve a testimony for God in my generation. So what do I do? Second Timothy chapter two, verse uh, verses two onwards. Uh, this, sorry, verse twenty onwards. And this is the New Living Translation. I liked it. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made for gold and silver, and some are made for wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean. And you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. And go on. So in order to do that, what should you do? Next verse. Let's read this. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Ah, I like that translation. It stimulates your desires for which you are not ready. Run away. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. And then, look at the next word. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with. Ah, whose company do you enjoy? Then I know what kind of living that you are interested in. You see, if you are interested in people who are always talking about movies and girls and so many other things.
and and you, you and you don't enjoy the company of people who are like, you know what, I want to do something for God. My life has to matter for this generation. I, I should live a pure life. I should preserve a good testimony. Wherever I am, I should be a testimony for God. They should ask me the reason for the hope that is in me. And I should have the, the, uh, the, the opportunity to share the gospel and, and witness about what God has done in my life. If that is your attitude, you know what, we, what you will do? You will go with people who have the same mindset. And you will enjoy their company. You will not enjoy the company of people who are not interested in godly things. Whose company do you enjoy? Understand this. Evil company huh, corrupts good behavior. Okay. Good, good behavior is not transferable, by the way. It's corruptible. <laughs> Understand this. Oh, but you know, <coughs> Jesus was a, a friend of tax collectors and sinners and harlots, etc. Oh, what do you mean? Uh, I'll tell you what. Whenever Jesus was with them, you know what they said? Zacchaeus looked at Jesus and he said, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. Oh Lord, you want to come to my house? I'll do one thing, Lord. Half my wealth, give to the poor. Whoever I've taken wrongfully, what will I do? I'll give back fourfold. Salvation has come to your house. Vijay, I want to come to your house and I want to stay in your room and I want to use your computer. For example, Lord, let me cleanse my history. Let me sanctify my computer. You will not say, okay, Lord, let us watch this together. You will not say, that is not what friend of tax collectors and sinners, that's, that's not what it means. Understand this? Men, men. I'm talking to young men and men really, I mean older men too. Pursue. Enjoy companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Enjoy. Keep away. I mean have, have a good, have a good, nice boundary around you. Especially your, your relationship with the opposite gender. Be very careful. Very careful. Put guards around you. Be careful. And if you have a reputation of, 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 of people saying, you know what, he acts as if he's so, and he's very uncomfortable with us, etc. It's a good reputation to have. It's a good reputation. It's a good reputation. That kind of a reputation is good. It's flippant and flirtish, flirtatious behavior. Just be away from it. Keep yourself pure. You're looking at my face. I know, I know it's hitting you. I know, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. That's the reason I, you know what uh, Agur says. I do not understand the way of the eagle in the sky, the way of the snake on the rock, the way of the ship in the, in the, in the water, and the way of a man with a maiden. Everybody is trying to cover their tracks. But will, will I not see? Will God not see? Understand this. A pure testimony in this, in these last days, it is an exhortation for men. My dear brothers and sisters, especially brothers, you stop pornography. I'll tell you something. Some of you are, some of you are addicted to pornography. Addicted. 
The movies and pornography. I'm, 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 the unfortunate thing is, now even today, girls are addicted to pornography. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fact. You can't deny it. And you, and we are called to live holy lives in this generation. In this generation, of course, you can't do it in your own strength. But you're, you're saying, Lord, I'm available. Cleanse me, purify me. First, First Thessalonians chapter five, again in the New Living Translation. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for He who calls you is faithful. John's Gospel chapter 17, that's the reason why we come to the ministry of the word. John's Gospel chapter 17, verse 17 onwards. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word. Look at this. Make them, what is that? Holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into this world, I am sending them into this world. I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them for so that they can be made holy in your truth. That's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus gave us, gave himself as a holy sacrifice. And the pastor was praying today in the morning. He said, you know what? He, you know what he said? Cursed is a man that hangs on a tree. You know where it comes? In Deuteronomy chapter 21. Verse 22, 21, 22. And before that, just before that, you know who, who it, it, about whom it is mentioned? It is mentioned about this rebel. A rebellious son. This fellow who will not listen to his father and mother. And what should the, what should the father and mother do? Where is the elder? At the gates. You know the problem is, in many churches the gates are fallen. What are the gates? This is the gate. Where judgment takes place. Judgment according to the word. You know what it says? Take him to the elders of the city. What is going to happen? The elders of the city should take the, they should pronounce judgment and you have to stone that fellow to death. And after you kill him, what what are you supposed to do? Take that body and hang on the tree. But thank God for Jesus. You know what he did? He took the place of the rebel on the tree. That's exactly what he says. I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. I give myself as a holy sacrifice. That's the reason why it says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse number 14 the NLT. For by one offering he forever made perfect. Those who are being made holy. I like the word holy. I want to just emphasize on the word holy. Holy. Holiness. Holiness with God and peace with men. And you can say so many things about this. And one last thing I want to mention. 1 John chapter 1. If you have failed in this area, this is a message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in, in him at all. So if we are lying, if so we are lying, if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, but if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. He will make us holy. The two agents, the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of Christ, both will cleanse you, make you holy, grant you a clear conscience and the very truth of God will become convictions in your life and will empower you for holy living. The third exhortation. What is the first one? Men should be praying everywhere. Second, they should be pursuing holiness. Third, they should have dealt with 
anger. Okay. One of the most difficult things for men is they get angry. I mean, you ask any wife, one of the things that she will say, my husband is an angry man. In many cases. Recently, of, of past one year, I think my wife has been looking at me. She says, Vijay, you're getting irritated for small, small things these days. You, what has happened to you? Small, little, little things get irritated. You're angry. I mean, you know, when people, when they say certain things, you just, initially you will respond. Okay, and you'll react. Later you should respond. You should ask God, what is going on, Lord? Why are you angry? You see, I'll tell you something. Anger is fantastic if it is used in the right way. My professor PRK Rao, I told you, you know, about him. He said, in one of our classes, he said, if you young people are not angry when you are young, you will never be angry in your life. And you should be angry for the right things. And he's a Gandhian, by the way. I like him. Everybody who's Gandhian, I subscribe to his philosophy. Okay? He's a Gandhian. And he said, if you guys are not angry when you are young, at the at the injustices in society, you will always be passive for the rest of your life. And therefore, the exhortation in the Bible, in Ephesians chapter 4, yesterday pastor was talking about this also in the Q&A, this is what he says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So, anger, you should be. Okay? Watchman Nee in his book, uh, the breaking of the outer man and the release of the spirit is what he says. Jesus never says, be loving and not sin. Okay? Be humble and not sin. But he definitely says, be angry, but don't sin. Why? The closest thing that will happen to you when you are having the emotion called anger, the very close fellow next to you is the, the fellow called sin. And after that fellow, another fellow called Satan. Two fellows are there. Sin and Satan. I am not saying this. Genesis chapter 4. This is what it says about Cain. Abel brought an offering etc. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And then he says, if you do well, you will, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, what is at the door? Sin. That means... Very close to anger, there is a sin that is coming. Very close. He wants to desire. He has a desire to master you, but you have to master him. So, in other words, you should be angry. The point is, if you are not angry for the right reasons, you will be guilty of the sin of omission. But if you don't express the anger in the proper way, you will be guilty of the sin of commission. So, very, very important to be angry and men have this emotion called anger and that has to be directed in the proper way so look at how how do you direct that energy in a proper way first of all you need to understand this is what god intends about anger this is what he says about his own anger exodus chapter 34 this is what it says and he passed in front of moses proclaiming the lord the lord compassionate and gracious now what is that slow to anger so does god get angry but he's slow. That's what Tim Keller said. No anger is not good. Blow anger is not good. Slow anger is required. What is that? No anger is not good. Blow anger is not good. Slow anger is required. 
And look at what it says in Proverbs. Okay? I'm just giving you some verses and then I'll come to the as to how we practice this. Proverbs chapter six. Proverbs chapter sixteen and verse number thirty two. He who is slow to anger, that means he gets angry, but very slowly. In other words, whenever he gets angry, he uses that energy and he directs it in the proper way. Okay? And he rules and he who rules his spirit than the one who takes a city. Fourteen twenty nine. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but the one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Okay, another another verse, 1727. The one who has knowledge uses his words with restraint. But whoever has understanding is what? Even-tempered. That means whenever he has got temper, he controls his temper. He uses that energy in a proper way. Hmm? Anger is good energy, but it has to be used in a proper way. 1911, this is what it says. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. In other words, don't get angry because you've been sinned against. Get angry for the right reasons. So what kind of an anger should we have? James chapter 1, verse 19. So then my beloved brothers, let every man be swift to hear and then Slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So, what is the kind of anger that God allows? If the end result of that anger is a righteousness, then that is the anger that God wants us to have. Do you understand? Where should that righteousness be established? In your own life. If the end result of your anger is righteousness, then that anger is allowed by God. Otherwise, it is not allowed by God. Let me give you an example. Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49. This is the prophecy or the blessing or the curse, I should say, that Jacob pronounces against his two sons. Can you guess those two sons? Simeon and Levi. Simeon and Levi. This is what it says. You know Simeon and Levi, what they do? They, uh, you know the story of Dina. Dina is messed up and Simeon and Levi, they, they kill the entire city called in Shechem. Okay? And they go overboard also. This is what Jacob says about them. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Okay? They're brothers, you know, partners in crime. Hmm? Instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Let not my soul enter into their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger they slew a man. And in their self-will they hamstrung an ox. That means they, they went one step ahead. They finished the oxes also. Cursed be their anger for it is fierce. And their wrath for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and I will scatter them in Israel. Now let me tell you something. What happened to Levi? Do they have an inheritance in Israel? No. The Lord is their inheritance, yes. And you know what? They're not even given any part in, in Israel. They're given only towns. In every place. They're scattered throughout all Israel. Okay. Now what happened? This is a curse over Levi. So the Levites were listening to Jacob's pronunciation. They said, Lord, what is this? Simeon also heard it. Levi also heard it. Now Levi is thinking, is there in his consciousness? I will not have an inheritance in Israel. I will be scattered. But 
I want to get my inheritance. Ultimately, who's going to be in Levite's inheritance? The Lord himself. I want to, I'm not even interested in the land. I want to get the ultimate inheritance. But I'm an angry person. So how do I get that inheritance? You see that? It's there in his consciousness. Okay? Now, his ang- in his anger, what did he do? He sinned. He finished off the entire land, the, the, the entire city. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 33. This is the prophecy that is pronounced by Moses on Levi. And of Levi, it is said. Not about Simeon, by the way. Only Levi. Hmm? Let your Thummim and your Urim be, your, be with your Holy One, whom you tested at Massa and with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah, who says of his father and mother, I have not seen them. Nor did he acknowledge his brothers or know his children, for they have observed your word and kept your covenant. And look at what it says. They shall teach Jacob your judgments where they will be scattered all over Jacob and they will be the people who will be teaching the law to Jacob and Israel your law and they shall put incense before you and a whole burnt sacrifice on your altar. What a fantastic promise. How did this happen? I'll tell you what has happened. When Moses comes down from the mountain, Mount Sinai, he looks at the 12 tribes. Levi is there. A curse pronounced over his life because of his anger. But this guy has got, his, his nature is to get angry. And you know, that is, that he says, Lord. And then suddenly Moses looks, Moses looks at them and he says, whoever is on the Lord's side, come. Levi comes. Okay. I hope you are just not on my side. I hope you are on the Lord's side. Yes, we are on the Lord's side. I know you fellows are very angry. Now today we will do one thing. Use your anger for the right reason. Take the sword of the word of God and cut off every relationship in your life which caused you to sin. Don't spare them. You know what they did? Takes a knife. Finishes off everybody who has become a stumbling block in their life. Were they angry? Absolutely. But did they sin? No. Another example. What should the end result of your anger be? I said, righteousness. Numbers chapter 25. You know, everybody knows this. This is my favorite character. A bunch of men totally compromised over here. They do not know what to do. They are scratching their heads as to what to do. God already told them, take the elders and hang them. And verse 6, and indeed one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brothers, came and presented his brothers, a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And when Phineas saw this, what did he do? He was angry at sin. He takes the sphere and finishes him off. Look at how God records his his action. Psalm 106. This is what it says about Phineas. They joined themselves also to Baal of Peor and ate sacrifices made to the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their deeds and the plague broke out among them and Phineas stood up and intervened and the plague was stopped and that was credited to him for ah, what should your anger ultimately produce? Righteousness. 
this is what how do we answer what is a spiritual lesson for us it is not that you take the sword and fill, 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 kill off all the people who are who are sinning like like paul like saul you take the sword upon your own self and cut off every relationship however painful it is which causes you to sin that is how you take anger express your anger Look at what it says in Nehemiah chapter 13. I mean, this is Nehemiah, he takes it to a different level altogether, okay? Nehemiah chapter 13. So I contended with them. Who are these people? These people who joined themselves to other, other women. I struck them, struck some of them and pulled out their hair and made them swear by God. <laughs> Look at this guy, okay? This guy who's got a burden, he is ruthless. He went and slapped those fellows, cursed them, pulled their beard, etc. And then, another guy, no? Nevertheless, should we not hear, uh, this is another, Nehemiah chapter 13, one of And one of the sons of Joyada, the son of Eliashib, the high priest, was a son-in-law of Sanbalat and Horonite, therefore I drove him out. Remember them, O oh my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and the Levites. This is how he expresses anger. Now, this is what we call the ministry of whipping. And in a church, there should be both whipping and weeping. Look at another man who expressed his anger in a different way. This is Ezra chapter 9. He hears the same story. Nehemiah went and pulled other people's beard and slapped them. Ezra, along with whom Nehemiah is working with. Ezra and Nehemiah are working together. Okay, by the way, both Ezra and Nehemiah are working together. And Ezra also heard of the same situation. Look how Ezra responds. And when these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, the people of Israel and the priests have not separated themselves. So what did I do? For they have taken, so verse 3, so when I heard this, I tore my garment and my robe, plucked out some of the hair of my head and my, so this is another guy who expresses anger in a different way. He says, no. he pulled his beard, he not other people's beard, he did not cause them to weep, he wept. Now, both these things are important in a church, the ministry of whipping and a ministry of weeping. Both these things are absolutely important. There should be some people who will use the whip. There should be some people who will use the whip. The whip. Whom do you want to be? Is a question. I'll tell you. Whoever wants to be an Ezra, God will ask them to be Nehemiah. Whoever wants to be Nehemiah, God will ask them to be? I want to be Nehemiah and pull other people's beard. God says, don't worry. I will call you to be an Ezra and weep for other people's. For Nehemiah's, for other people, no, 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 I don't want to interfere in somebody's life, I don't want to confront their sin, God will say, come on, take a stand. You're too bold, you're too timid, confront them, rebuke them. So, we're not going to choose whatever you want to be, but this is how they express their anger. How did they express it? They express, what is the end result of it? Righteousness. And what? Holiness. Men should be angry. At what? Sin. Men should be angry at wasted lives. Men should be angry at people who have been given incredible talent and energy and who are absolutely whiling away their time and their energy in useless pursuits. They should be angry. And you're doing that. The problem is, we don't get sufficiently get, we don't get sufficiently angry the way God wants us to be angry. We are very passive. Oh my goodness, uh, I cannot 
tell you how important this is for men. Because you know what? If God can get men, he can get the world. I'll tell you something. If can God can get men, he will get the world. You know what he tells Ezekiel? I looked for how many? One what? Man. One man. One man. So four things we looked at today. I mean, three things we looked at. Men should be men of prayer. Men should be prayer, people who pursue holiness. Third, they should be people who have dealt with their anger. And finally, they should be people who should be people who are not men of doubt. They should be people who are certain, men of faith. No unbelief. No unbelief at all. And therefore, what should they be doing? They should be spending time in the scriptures. I'm going to show you this last verse for the day and we're going to stop. Luke's Gospel chapter 24. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a, a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why you doubt? Men should, be the, men should not be people who doubt. They should be men of faith. Behold my hands and my feet, etc. And look at the next verse. Verse 44. And he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law, and Moses, and the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. So what is the antidote for doubt? Understanding of the scriptures. So what should men be? Men should be men of the word. Absolutely men. That means they have no doubt about the attributes of God. They have no doubt about the faithfulness of God. They should be a people of the word. Four things I told you today. First, men should be men of prayer. Second, men should be pursuing holiness. Third, men should be people who have dealt with their anger. Fourth, men should be men who are mighty in the scriptures. You know what it says about Apollos? Mighty in the scriptures. Why did he become mighty in the scriptures? I'll tell you one reason. First of all, he studied the word. Second, when somebody came and explained to him, he, excuse me, he did not argue. That's the, that's the exact opposite he did. he did. Whenever somebody came and said, you know what, what it says about uh, Apollos? Apollos was a man mighty in the scriptures and he only knew up till the baptism of John. Priscilla and Aquila heard of him, heard him speak. You know what they did? They took him separately and they explained him in a more proper way. So what did he do? He did not argue with them. He looked at the scriptures and he looked at their evidence and he said, yeah, you're right. And he became even more mightier in the scriptures. The second thing about a man of God, first of all, he is a man who loves the word. Second thing, he's teachable. That is how you, been, you become men who have no doubts. Four things I told you today about men. First thing, Repeat, men should be men of prayer. Second, men should be people who have pursuing holiness. Third, men should be men who have dealt with anger. Fourth, men should be people who are mighty in the scriptures. They should be men of the word. See, the order is very important. First, it's prayer. Then, the word. You see that order? Prayer, word. Sometimes we get it different. Sometimes we interchange the order. Men should be men of prayer and men should be men of word. Men should be people who love, who love holiness, who 
pursue holiness in this day and age. And men should be people who have expressed their anger, which produces righteousness in their lives and not cause them to sin and not give space to the devil. So four exhortations to men this morning. And women, pray for men. (laughs) That they be men like this. And don't become a stumbling block for them. That is the reason for, for women it says. What is it mentioned about women? For men it is about anger and doubting. What about women? About their clothing. Men should pursue holiness. Okay? In their attitudes and in their thoughts. Women should pursue holiness in their dress. Do you get that? Okay? One word only for women. So many words for, word for men. No? One word I should give for women also. Okay. In Telugu it is Tagumatrapu Vastramalu. That means not Takku Vastramalu. <laughs> Tagumatrapu Vastramalu means you should have you should wear good clothes and godly clothing. I mean yesterday I was, I was I'm not, my daughter is not here. My wife was showing her address and she said why, why don't you wear this? Not boasting about her. She, I hope she's not listening. Even if she's living, it's okay. It was a sleeveless dress. Mama, you wore this when you did not know Jesus. I do not want to, I don't want to wear this. I want to wear a dress which is caught sleeves, no sleeveless. And I was happy. And my wife was trying to convince her. And she said, no. Good, good. I was just observing, observing. I did not say anything. And I looked at her dress in the morning. Good. She prevailed. She prevailed. Understand this. So this morning, just all, shall we all stand up in the presence of the Lord? And men make a decision. You should be angry. But that anger should lead to righteousness. Anger at sin. Anger at compromise in our own lives. Anger. At false doctrine. Anger which which, which causes us to sin and other people to sin. People to sin. Anger. That kind of an anger is allowed by God. By God. That will never cause you to sin. In fact, Jesus will commend you that he was zealous with my zeal. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you once again. So many things you are teaching us through your word. And I pray, Lord, we will become men after God's own heart and will fulfill your purpose in our lives, in our personal lives, in our family lives, and in the church that you placed us in. We'll be men after your own heart. To that end, I pray that you bless each and every one of us. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.